I'm Delini Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap, the podcast in which we will tell you about some of the top news and articles featured in the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. We will also look at the trending topics for the week from our online and social media platforms. This is our last podcast of the year, and sure, what a year this has been. Um, to go through some of the highlights of 2020 with me, I've got Sandira Chetty, our digital editor here, who will talk about some of the features and news from the 18 and 25 December double issue of Farmers Weekly. This issue will be on shelf from Friday the 11th of December until the 25th of December. Also joining us today is young journalist Byron Latham. Byron is an honors journalism student at the University of Stellenbosch who is spending four weeks with Farmers Weekly to gain some real-world experience in the field of agricultural journalism. And then later in the show, I will tell you about some of my top stories from the year. But first, let's hear from our student journalist. Welcome, Byron. Hi, thanks, Denise. First of all, how were your studies impacted this year due to the pandemic and the lockdown? Well, obviously, the, the shift online was quite... Um, a big change for all of us but our June and July exams in particular were hard hit. Um, we all had to go home and complete our examinations online which was a new challenge for us but thank goodness uh, we had quite a small class at Stellenbosch University and we were able to go back as soon as legislation allowed to having our classes in person uh, which really made a difference for us. We were really lucky I think. We often hear Byron from the industry that young people are just not interested in a career in agriculture or in the sector at all for that matter. So as a young person, what is it that's attracted you to the farming sector? Well, um, no matter your thoughts on politics, land or the environment, you still need to eat. Farming, especially in South Africa, is the intersection of all of these things. Uh, with the latest expropriation bill looking to be gazetted, an environmental crisis on the way or arguably even here, Millions of South Africans still need to eat. I can see very few topics as important as agriculture to cover as a journalist. Originally, I wanted to write about agriculture because of its closeness to the environment. The two are neighbors, and I think both can uh, help each other. But when looking into agriculture, you can't ignore the human issue either. Our country's political and cultural tensions often play out on the rural stage, as we have sadly seen this year. And then... After two weeks with us, what have you learned, not only about agriculture, but more importantly about working as a journalist and about the media in general? Well, particularly with my time at Farmers Weekly, I've really learned to see the people both behind the pen and the plow uh, during my brief time here. Our farmers can be far removed from the public eye, but the stories of, of South Africa's women and men who toil for, for the rest of our sakes needs to be heard and appreciated. And then there are the journalists. You know, the American president Eisenhower once said, Farming looks mighty easy when your plow is a pencil and you're a thousand miles from a cornfield. But the people I've worked with here persevere to be able to understand the, import the important stories I mentioned before and to share them too. They are not a thousand miles away from the field. They know that while, yes, there is something beautiful about working with the earth, farming is a very economic and extremely technical affair. That aspect, I think, is underappreciated by the public. Thanks, Byron, and good luck for the, for the next couple of weeks that you will spend with us. For readers of the magazine and the website, there's already some of Byron's stories um, posted online and we hope to feature some of his articles um, in the magazine during January or February. Thank you, Denise. As I said earlier, I'm joined today by Sandira Chetty, our digital editor. Welcome, Sandira. Tell me a bit about some of the things that you will remember from this most extraordinary year. There was a lot of things that I've learned this year and especially during lockdown as well. I would say the adjustment of 
working from home. Um, even though I'm in digital, having to to work with everybody uh, via Zoom, via WhatsApp, via emails was quite an adjustment, I think, for for everyone. But I've also realized that digital has played such an important role for us um, as Farmers Weekly magazine. And um, during the lockdown period, we've used this plat, we've used our social media platforms and the website to convey so many messages to our readers uh, during the times where we couldn't publish our magazine. And we've realized that how important digital really is. Yes, I couldn't agree more, Sandira. And now you've got some information there for us about your top picks from news and feature articles in the 18 and 25 December double issue. Yes, Danine. One story in particular is about how planting a new variety has paid off for a pumpkin producer. Francois Stein of J.F. Stein Baudere near Komatipurt is always keen to try new varieties, provided there is a market. When he was approached to plant a pumpkin variety relatively unknown in South Africa, the Hokkaido, also called the Red Kurikwash, he took up the challenge and has found that this addition to his crop mix fits in well with his production cycles and has a good, albeit small market. The Hokkaido is a variety of Kokobita family and belongs to the Hubbard Squash group. Cultivation practices are similar to those of butternuts. According to Stain, the Hokkaido isn't ideal for humid conditions as they have in this area, but by planting in water and tweaking cultivation practices, they have been successful. While the Hokkaido has seen remarkable success on European markets and is the fastest growing product in seed company Enza Zayden's range, the market in South Africa is still in its infancy. Stain notes that introducing new varieties to South African consumers has always been challenging. Consumers are moving towards smaller types of pumpkin, and given the convenience of the edible peel, he believes this variety holds much promise. And also, as we bid farewell to 2020, we spoke to leaders in organized agriculture about the past year, and they all agreed it has been particularly tough. However, they remain positive for the sector in 2021. Here are some of the messages. Dr. Theo de Yager, president of the World Farmers Organization, said that the past year will be remembered as a year of disasters, from severe droughts to lack of financing. But despite all the hardships, agriculture is the best performing economic sector of the year. And looking at the year ahead, the Food Systems Summit in September can be considered the D-Day in the battle for hearts and minds in global food systems. The summit will provide the arena in which the outcomes of competing ideas will ultimately direct budgets, development aid, trade benefits, and international financing. In the run-up to the summit, farmers of the world will need all the wisdom, science, and power of persuasion they can muster to ensure the sector remains sustainable and profitable. Christopher Derrida, Executive Director at AgriSA's message for farmers and farm workers is to stay focused, productive, and positive. Despite all these challenges, such as continuing drought, devastating wildfires, and brutal and often fatal farm attacks, the agriculture sector remains buoyant. AgriSA appeals to all farmers and farm workers to remain positive and take advantage of the conducive circumstances. Organized agriculture is there to support, protect, and promote the interests of the sector without fear or favor. Be blessed and stay safe. 2020 will be a year to remember. 
or to forget. So we compiled a list of the top news articles that made headlines in 2020. I'm going to give you a quick overview. In February, the fall armyworm outbreaks were reported in three provinces, Mpumalanga, Gauteng, and northern KwaZulu-Natal in the 2019-2020 production season. Also in March, consumers started panic buying after the announcement of confirmed cases of COVID-19 in South Africa. For the first time since 1967, South Africa's annual Nampo Harvest Day had to be cancelled. And according to Yanni de Villiers, CEO of Grain SA, the travel restrictions due to COVID-19 pandemic had forced the organization to invest in other ways to continue with the event. And that's when Nampo Virtual took place in September. And that's my top stories from the 18th and 25th December issue. And over to you now, Deneen, what stood out for you? I think one of the things that stood out most for me during this year was how very adaptable people can be when they really have to. And I will also remember the remarkable compassion and charity shown by farmers and so many other South Africans this year to help those who, who found them quite suddenly in desperate need of basics such as food because of the economic impact of the pandemic and the lockdown. So Danilo, what were your top stories that stood out for you this year? If I look back at the top stories of 2020 and especially trying to identify those that didn't only inspire me, but also served as an example for all South Africans of the resilience and determination shown by the farming sector during this most unusual year, the first example that comes to mind is the many stories we ran that featured young black farmers who are breaking stereotypes and changing the face of agriculture in South Africa by taking the bull by the horns and building their own successful farming businesses from the ground up. People like Soyama Mtungana and Atenkosi Denga, the founders of Leesware Meat, who produce cattle and have also started operating an auctions business based in Pedi in the Eastern Cape. These two young farmers host auctions that are more accessible to emerging and communal farmers. And Denga says that one of the purposes of their business is to demonstrate that black South African youth can produce quality beef. He says, we can't leave unchallenged the stigma that farming is only for the older generation. And he definitely believes that the country's next generation of millionaires will all be farmers. I also remember the story we ran on 26-year-old Emmanuel Gamede, who started a backyard broiler business in March 2019. He is now determined to be a large-scale broiler farmer by the time he turns 35. It was only in March last year that Gamede started producing chickens on a trial basis in his family's backyard. He bought, he bought a couple of 10-day-old New Hampshire chicks at a pet shop in Durban, Using whatever sp spare cash he he could scrape together, using whatever spare cash he could scrape together, he bought materials needed to build himself a simple broiler growing house, comprising of corrugated iron sheets, wooden poles, and planks. And now he rears about seven hundred day old chicks at a time. Other stories that really made an impact were those which showed the incredible tenacity that farmers have. South African farmers are no strangers to uncertainty. Due to constant political pressure, a struggling economy, and the threats posed by droughts, floods, pests, and disease, few farmers have not had to endure periods of drastically reduced income at least a few times during their careers. And 
Earlier this year, Farmers Weekly interviewed four farmers who are all in different stages of their farming careers to find out how they coped with uncertainty and remained motivated in hard times. These farmers agreed that to make it in this business, you must have a real passion for farming, the willingness to learn from mistakes, and the determination to keep going when things get tough. They also say that diversification is a proven tool to reduce risk. A farmer therefore needs to be flexible in his or her thinking and open to change. Before we end this podcast, I just want to tell you about two more of the features in the 18 and 25 December issue. For our livestock farmers, we've got an article about calf health um, with Dr. Shabor Fruineman, who is the technical manager for ruminants at Zutas. And he gives some pointers on how to implement a calf health strategy. Fruineman says the neonatal period, which is when the calf is newborn, is the most critical period in the life of an individual animal in terms of the maturity of its immune system. Also, he says, colostrum management and strategic vaccination are the foundation for developing healthy replacement heifers and wiener calves. The last feature I want to talk about on the show is about an organization called SA Harvest, which according to Ali Khan, the regional manager for the organization, was formed in direct response to a myriad of issues that plague not only South Africa's food system, but global food systems. He says about 10 million tons of food goes to waste in South Africa every year. At the same time, we have millions of South Africans that are on the verge of starvation, and even more that are food insecure. SA Harvest now offers a full end-to-end food rescue solution for both perishable and non-perishable foods. Con explains that they collect excess fresh food from a broad range of suppliers. And to ensure that they provide enough fresh food to the pantries of their beneficiaries, they rely heavily on South Africa's agricultural sector. Donated food gets trucked to SA Harvest's warehouses, where it's stored into packages that are then delivered to their network of beneficiary organizations on a daily basis. When SA Harvest was launched last year, the organization distributed between 1,000 and 5,000 meals per month. A year later, they are delivering between 80,000 and 200,000 meals per month. And since the start of the COVID-19 lockdown in March, they've been able to distribute more than 3 million meals to people and households in, in impoverished areas. But as Khan says, there's an urgent need for at least four times this quantity of food. That was it for this week. Thanks to Byron and Sandira for joining me in studio today. And also thank you to all of you who have listened to our weekly rap podcast this year. We look forward to sharing even more of the best agricultural news and information with you in 2021. I just want to remind readers of the magazine that our current issue will be on shelf from the 11th until the 25th of December, and then the first edition for January 2021, which will also be a double issue, will be available from the last week of December. In this issue, the 1 in 8 January issue, you can read expert opinion on what the next year might hold for issues such as land reform, the economy, and rainfall in South Africa. We also provide detailed industry-by-industry outlooks for all the different agricultural commodities and products. In the meantime, as always, happy farming, and this year, more than ever, be safe wherever you may travel over the festive period. To our Christian listeners, have a blessed Christmas.